Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. QAnon is the world's largest online political conspiracy movement. Followers believe someone codenamed Q is providing them with secret information from inside the White House. No one really knows the real identity of Q, though. We aim to change that. I'm Jake Hanrahan, and this is Q Clearance podcast series aimed at unmasking the true identity of Q. This is brought to you by iHeartRadio and Coup d'etat Media. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at the infamous Watkins family and their deep connections to QAnon. First though, I want to take a look at some recent Q drops. These ones are specifically relevant, I think, as they come at a point of huge post-election turmoil within the QAnon community, as we mentioned in the last episode. So after nine days of silence in which QAnons made up new theories, lost faith and turned up to a voting centre with a rifle, Q posted his first post-Biden victory drops on November 12th. The first was just a graphic of an American flag and the message, nothing can stop what is coming, nothing, Q. The second was a little bit more detailed though, it reads as so. Quote, shall we play a game? Nothing can stop what is coming. And then he's showing the abbreviation of NCSWIC means nothing can stop what is coming. There's a link to the uh, CISA.gov website, and then he says, Who stepped down today? Forced. He's referring to Brian S. Ware. There's a link to the CISA website there. Then he says, More coming? Why is this relevant? 
How do you show the public the truth? How do you safeguard US elections post POTUS? How do you remove foreign interference and corruption and install US-owned voter ID laws and other safeguards? It had to be this way. Sometimes you must walk through the darkness before you see the light. Q. End quote. Now, I'm not going to go into what all of this is alluding to because, frankly, it's just a waste of time. It's a lot of nonsense, as usual. But basically, Q is now trying to form a new narrative that this was all part of the plan. Biden was meant to win and everything is going smoothly. He's basically mirroring what the most hardcore Q supporters have been saying in the nine days of silence before these drops. On November 13th, there was another drop that simply read Durham Q. Durham presumably refers to a Justice Department lawyer named John Durham, a guy with a big kind of Nietzsche-looking moustache. He's been looking into possible corruption within the Clinton Foundation. Now, I'm guessing here that Q is trying to insinuate that Durham will be investigating the election results or something. But at this point, it all feels like whoever is behind QAnon is just playing for time. To me, it feels like they don't quite know what their next move is. As I said in the previous episode, everyone in the QAnon universe was sure Trump would win the election. Now it's Biden. Q can't exactly keep the hopes going for four more years, so I think he's not quite sure what to do. This brings us back to the Watkins family, the people currently running Aikun where Q posts all his drops. As you'll probably remember, the Watkins name has cropped up a lot in the last five episodes of Q Clearance. I resisted diving straight into who they are so we could set the scene and get a grip on the QAnon extended universe. Now, though, it's time to look into who this family actually is. To do this, we have to start with Jim Watkins. Like I said, he's the current owner of 8Kun and the former owner of 8chan before it was shut down. As we mentioned, 8chan was eventually pulled offline by its service providers, at which point Jim Watkins and his son Ron Watkins started 8kun, which is essentially a clone of 8chan. 8kun became and is currently still the place where Q posts his drops. Just want to repeat that as there are a lot of strange names going about just to help you remember what's going on. Now, I've tried many times to reach out to the Watkins family. They ignored me each time until recently I waited for Jim Watkins to go on a live stream on his YouTube channel where he reads out passages from the Bible and speaks about right-wing US politics, all of that strange guy. I asked Jim that he come on and speak to us here at Q Clearance because I have a lot to ask him about his role within QAnon. Finally, on this YouTube live stream, he replied telling me that he doesn't speak to people at Vice News. I haven't worked for Vice News for three years and I'm quite sure that he knows that. I am an independent journalist running my own platform, Popular Front. I explained this to Jim, but he ignored me and within about two minutes of this exchange between me and Jim, he ended his live stream on his YouTube channel. I guess he just doesn't want to talk. Anyway, we'll look into it from the perspective of doing the research without even speaking to him. We tried to give him a go. He didn't want to speak. Tough luck. 
So who is Jim Watkins? I'll be answering this question using research I gathered from work by many different writers and journalists, including Travis View, Rachel E. Greenspan, Jovis Littleton, Ethan Cheel, and many more. Be sure to do your own research after this if you're still interested. I suggest checking out the work of those people I mentioned. Anyway, let's begin. Believe it or not, Jim Watkins is a 57-year-old pig farmer who currently lives in the Philippines. He looks after the pigs whilst running Aikun with his son, Ron Watkins, better known online by his moniker, Code Monkey. Ron recently claimed to have quit Aikun on November 3rd, but we'll get more into Ron later. So Jim, Jim Watkins, he was born in 1963 and grew up mostly in Washington State. Aged 18, he joined the US Army as a helicopter mechanic. Later, he'd become a recruiter and was eventually sent by the Army to Virginia to learn computing in 1987. This started a life online for Jim Watkins. While still in the army, he'd go on to launch some of the first porn websites. One now defunct site that he still owns the domain for was the Asian Bikini Bar. Jim began making money online via porn. He left the army in 1998 to seize his opportunity amidst the boom of the dot-com bubble. That, of course, burst, which led Jim to relocate to the Philippines in 2001, according to immigration records there. The Philippines is a place that's cheap to live, but also has a well-established, seedier side that would accommodate Jim's well-documented over-obsession with sex. This is something Frederick Brennan, the former founder of 8chan, noticed a lot when he met Jim and began working for him. When I was in the Philippines working with Watkins, I have never in my life before or since met a man who has a higher sex drive. Never. Like he, it is just on his mind every, every frigging minute. He cannot... He can't help himself. And not only that, I've never met a man who cheats on their wives and doesn't feel bad about it and gets mad if their wife even complains about it. We mentioned it in a previous episode, but Frederick Brennan met Jim Watkins because Watkins made a move to take over HN in October 2014. This is when the Watkins family really began to become known on the darkest parts of the internet. Now, Brennan was struggling with the server costs of running the increasingly popular 8chan, so Jim Watkins began to take over after his programmer son, Ron Watkins, apparently brought the site to his attention. Brennan explains. Had the Watkinses not swooped in and started hosting it, that would have been it. It would not have even made it into 2015. I would have moved on uh, for sure. Because I didn't have the money to keep this going and not really even the will to keep it going, you know. So, But Ron Watkins contacts me in September 2014 and he basically very hypes up his association with 2Channel. 
2Channel is a legendary site amongst image board enthusiasts. It was one of the most popular text boards founded in 1999. Now, I don't want to go too deeply into it as it moves away from what we're looking at too much. But there are some very credible allegations that the Watkins family stole 2Channel away from its owner after effectively conning him out of it. As you can probably tell by now, Jim Watkins is by all accounts a particularly seedy individual. Whilst HM was at the height of its popularity, when QAnon really began to emerge as a big deal, images of child abuse were allowed to be freely shared on 8chan. Neither Jim Watkins nor Ron Watkins chose to ban such horrific material. They claim to be free speech absolutists. Somehow they think that means it would be against their morals to stop paedophiles abusing children and organizing via their website. It's sickening and it's nonsensical. Their claims of being free speech absolutists don't line up with their far-right political beliefs either. What they actually believe in is essentially, we can say whatever we want, but you can't if it deviates from our ideas. Now, I'm not advocating for censorship, I'm anti-censorship, and I'm very much in favor of free speech, and I do not like people that say, oh, free speech is just a code word for right-wing populism, or whatever it is people say now. But the idea that being a free speech absolutist means you allow people to be victimized and abused on your website is absolute, complete fucking nonsense. This is not what it's about. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. 
Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Watkins just want to steamroll people with their ideas and say whatever they want, whenever they want. This is most apparent with something called the Goldwater. That was Jim Watkins' failed Trump-obsessed online talk show that posed as kind of right-wing news media, alternative news. Jim would spread conspiracy theories and populist right-wing talking points with no evidence whatsoever, very similar to what Q was putting out at the time and is still doing now. Jim's undying sycophantic love for Trump was apparent for everyone to see any time you would watch The Goldwater. Have a listen to this clip of Watkins talking about Trump from a video titled Hardline God Bless the President that was published July 13th, 2020. We have to see more and more of the president in the wild where he is actually changing lives and literally spreading love. Can't you see that? His love for our country is overflowing. Instead of spending his golden years enjoying the fruits of what he planted through his life, he is spending his fortune. And quite honestly, we all know the last few years of his good health helping you and I keep our country great. This is real patriotism. It is genuine love of our country. The news is disreputable. This is why we need to have more of the president speaking and doing and just being a lovable American guy. We all enjoy. God bless our president and the United States of America. Right. I know it might sound like Jim is taking the piss there, but he isn't. That's just how he sounds when reading off of a script. It sounds like he's mocking someone. It sounds very creepy, but that's just the way he sounds. Jim Watkins openly idolizes Trump. If you ask me, his language also sounds a lot like someone else who idolizes Trump. Q. We know for a fact that Jim Watkins is a QAnon follower himself. It's no secret. I mean, even if you just click on the only website listed on Jim's YouTube page, where you'll find many of these strange MAGA videos, it takes you to a website called Is It Wet Yet? where he promotes QAnon websites. Amongst them are the following. 
Aussie Q Patriots United. Disarm the Deep State. Q, the more you know. And JFK Jr. is alive, which that is one of the more wackier QAnon conspiracies where they think JFK Jr. is alive, he's coming back, he's on the side of Q. (laughs) It's all very crazy, but anyway. Jim clearly has a fascination with Q. This is also something Frederick Brennan witnessed himself firsthand when he went to work with Jim in the Philippines after Jim bought out 8chan. Now, when Ron Watkins told Frederick Brennan that they would take over the servers, Jim Watkins got involved and said that they wanted Frederick to work with them, not just from New York where Fred Brennan was living in very hard circumstances because he has quite a serious disability, but they wanted to fly him all the way over to the Philippines. They would look after him. This is exactly what they did. Frederick Brennan explains. So he offered hosting. That was the first thing. And I accepted that. So I moved the server, like all the contents to their host. And then after that, his dad offered for me to actually come to the Philippines. And they said, basically, they would roll out the red carpet. They would find me a place to live. They would pay a nurse to take care of me all the time. I could just work on 8chan all the time. And it would be a 60-40 split of future profits. That was the deal. I mean, it sounded good to me. I had a really hard life in New York City, you know. Um, My condition is osteogenesis imperfecta. I've had it since I was born. Uh, It causes brittle bones. I've broken in my lifetime over 110 bones or something like that. Uh, Just obviously the same one again and again, mostly. But So I got emailed by them. First, they took over the hosting. Uh, they knew that my situation was kind of tough and that I couldn't do a lot. Anyway, Jim Watkins met me in Hong Kong and brought me to Manila on the last leg of the flight. My life was all different now, and I just worked on 8chan all the time. After a while working with Ron and Jim Watkins, Frederick Brennan began to realize that Jim was fully involved with Q. He says he thought he was going senile because he believed in these wild conspiracy theories all of a sudden. If you look at the dates, the times add up. At this time, it would have been when I think Paul Ferber was controlling the QAnon account. Have a listen to what Frederick Brennan has to say. The thing that I regret the most is not caring about Q when I worked there. Like, even when I resigned in December 2018... I did not care necessarily about Q, like even enough to read the drops, you know. The only thing that made me start to care a little bit was I I became concerned because I thought Jim was going senile and kind of believing in it. The way Jim was talking at that time, he was already repeating a lot of Q's slogans, you know, and talking about the Clinton body count and how there could be mass arrests. You know what I mean? So... I was very concerned he was losing his marbles and being taken for a ride by these Chan users, you know, because he was spending way too much time on 8chan too. This point, Frederick Brennan came up with a kind of prank where he had this big blue cue and he put it on the 8chan basically to try and prove to Jim that it wasn't all real. This is when Jim turned around and said the following. He kind of just flippantly was like this represents so many users essentially and it might not be real okay fred you prove that but 
it behooves me to take advantage of the fact that I'm Q's publisher. You know, I think that the super PAC plan was already in the making, even all the way in 2018. I think, I think that Q started on 4chan. Paul Ferber stole it, brought it over to 8chan. Um, and they very consciously either realized that this represented a lot of users. And just like they'd done to 2channel, they decided to appropriate it as well. Yes, you did hear that right. Frederick Brennan, the creator of 8chan, who worked physically alongside the Watkins family for years, thinks that QAnon is now under the control of Jim and Ron Watkins and has been since Paul Ferber had his QAnon account hijacked from him on 8chan shortly after it crossed over from 4chan. It's not just Frederick Brennan who thinks this either. I think this, as do many QAnon researchers. To be clear, Jim and Ron Watkins are very likely behind the QAnon hoax. There will be a lot more on this in the next episode, but to end this one, I want to talk about something very interesting that cropped up online only this week in regards to Ron Watkins and his connections to QAnon. Remember earlier I said that Ron announced that he'd quit Acoon on November 3rd. He said this in a statement on Twitter. It reads as so, quote, I am resigning as admin of Acoon effective immediately. Extensive battles have been fought tooth and nail during a self-imposed civic duty protecting the final fortifications of online free speech, guardedly navigating these tumultuous times. Today I bring ship to dock. Farewell. End quote. Interestingly, the formatting of this tweet is quite similar to the way that Q puts his stuff out. There are a lot of line breaks uh, right in the middle of sentences. I think that's quite interesting. Anyway, on November 15th, this is when things went a bit mad. A verified account claiming to be Ron Watkins on that new No Rules social media website Parler posted the following message. Quote, I'm burnt. Can't say much more. Meet me on 8 Coon in two hours on the board uh, slash news plus slash. Yes, Jim has posted as Q before. Fuck you, dad. End quote. Now, of course, all this seemed like a bit of a smoking gun. The account on Parler was verified after all. However, Ron quickly hopped on Twitter to say the following. Quote. I have seen screenshots of someone impersonating me on your Parler website. He was adding the creator of uh, Parler. I have never used Parler. I don't have a Parler account. I have never submitted any identification to Parler. I have never asked to be verified on Parler. What's going on? End quote. He also attached an image of an email to Parler that said this, quote, Hello, Parler. I am Ron Watkins at CodeMonkeyZ on Twitter. I don't have a Parler account and have never used Parler. Why is there an at CodeMonkeyZ account on Parler posting as me that is verified? I have never submitted any identification to you and I don't even have an account on Parler. Thanks, Ron Watkins. End quote. The email, for some reason, that I just read off appears to be a draft as opposed to an email that has been sent. 
Make of that what you will. I don't know if that's relevant. It's just something people online have been pointing out when discussing this situation. After Ron refuted the claim that it was him on the Parler account, Fred Brennan posted the following tweet, quote, The Ron Watkins Parler account, CodemonkeyZ, was registered on July 21st, 2020. Shortly before that, Ron mentioned Parler for the first time. I guess he reconsidered. This is strong evidence the account is his and he's lying about a hacker, end quote. The accompanied screenshot that Frederick Brennan is referring to in that tweet was a tweet of Ron's sent on July 6th, 2020, and it reads as so. This is what Ron wrote on Twitter, quote, I dislike how Parler set up all content behind a registration wall and require a phone number to register. It's a hard pass for me right now, but let's see where they are in a few months. I might reconsider, end quote. Now, I disagree with Brennan that this is strong evidence of any kind. I don't know if the Parler account was Ron or not. Apparently, it's not hard for verified Parler accounts to change their name and handle. However, I do think this is all very interesting in regards to the timing of it. Ron quit Aitkun, has allegedly had to flee the Philippines, and then this Parler incident happened. If it is someone impersonating Ron, I think it's also deeply ironic considering, like I said, I think he's part of the QAnon hoax. There are many dots to connect here. In the next episode of Q Clearance, we'll begin piecing together the huge online coincidences that further connect the Watkins to QAnon, including trip codes, IP addresses and fountain pens. We're not relying on flimsy evidence here. No, he says, she says. We're going to build a solid case that will show Jim and Ron Watkins are in fact very, very likely behind QAnon. Q Clearance is brought to you by iHeartRadio and Kudata Media. I'm Jake Hanrahan. You can find me online at Jake underscore Hanrahan. That's H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. This episode was produced by myself with fact-checking by Sarah Hightower. The music is by Sam Black and the sound levels were mixed by Thomas Griffin at Splicing Block. Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. 
Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. 